Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friends. Dr. Motley here with the Ancient Health Podcast, and today we have part two about the gallbladder. To answer the question, can you live a healthy, vibrant, normal life? without a gallbladder? Yes, you can. Can your digestive system stay in balance even if your gallbladder has been removed? Yes, it can. So we want to go over the question about what the gallbladder actually does, how it's directly linked to the liver, what are the supplementations that you can use, the herbs to help cleanse the liver in the absence of a gallbladder to help your overall digestive system, And then we also want to talk about the psychological brain connection to the liver and gallbladder that needs to be addressed, how emotions can affect the function of the liver, and could it have made the gallbladder become less responsive to where it needs to be removed? The answer is, yes, it could. So first off, guys, if you've had your gallbladder removed, this podcast is not here to make you feel bad about getting it removed. Because if it's septic, if it has full of stones, if it was making you sick overall and the gallbladder was dead, I understand. This is to bring more information. I just want you to know that you can live joyous, happy, vibrant life in your digestive system without a gallbladder. The function of the gallbladder is basically to concentrate bile. Let's go back to biology. In the liver, the liver helps create bile. Bile is a liquid that's composed of water, it's composed of salts, it's composed of fatty acids, lecithin, bilirubin, which is made from, you know, broken apart red blood cells, and even mucus. Now, this bile is then distributed from the liver into your lower parts of your stomach and your small intestine when you eat a diet that's heavier in fat. So if you're on a keto diet or more of a carnivore diet, you may have more fatty acids. So let's say you have lots of beef or bison or tuna or salmon that have higher amounts of fats in them, your body will require this liquid called bile from the liver to break it down because bile has lipase, an enzyme that basically breaks down lipids. Lipids are broken down by lipase. So the bile is created especially at night. In Chinese medicine, the ori cycle, the circadian rhythm, shows that at night, the highest energy is in the liver between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. to give it a lot of electrical charge because it's busy detoxifying you and rebuilding your blood. It is there creating bile for the morning meal. So if you eat lots of eggs, if you eat lots of bacon, you'll have fats within them. So your liver is creating at night so that it's ready to go into your digestive system in the morning. So the bile is made about a quart a day within the liver. And the liver then will put it into the digestive system. But whatever is remaining, if there's excess bile, the bile then is put into the gallbladder. Now, the gallbladder is a small organ that sits right up underneath, tucked away right near the the liver. And the liver and the gallbladder are directly connected by certain tubes. So we always say in Chinese medicine that the health of the liver determines the health of the gallbladder. The health of the gallbladder determines the health of the liver. They're vice versa. They are paired organs. The strength of one makes the other one strong. We call it paired meridians. So the electrical exchange between these organs are meshed. 
you have the liver putting the excess bile into the gallbladder, and the gallbladder then alkalinizes and concentrates the bile even more. That's why sometimes healthcare practitioners in some ways will say, hey, you don't really need a gallbladder, or you don't need an appendix. But they do serve their purpose. And this is very important. If it keeps the bile very, very alkalinized, it means that whenever you eat excess fatty acids, if you have excess estrogens in your body, that's another discussion, you want to have this reserve of bile in the gallbladder to be able to go into the stomach and small intestine to eat up all the extra fatty acids that you may consume. Now, here's the point, too. In the American culture, we have diets usually that are higher in trans fats, fatty acids in general, high amounts of sugars, high amounts of starches, and we've bombarded our body with so many of these types of components that the gallbladder has to work overtime to break down and dissolve all the fats that we've had. Because we largely don't understand or don't realize how much of the fats and the sugars we eat. So you have the bile concentrating it. So it's so concentrated that if you go over your daily limit of fats, it squeezes down and pumps that bile, that concentrated bile, into the stomach. And the reason it's alkalinized is because you want to make sure the bile is very, very basic in pH. The bile within the liver... When it's used directly, it's not as concentrated, but it still needs to be of a basic nature, a basic pH. Remember alkalinity, like alkalinized water. And you say, Doc, what's the point of that? If your bile is acidic, you'll basically have an acid stomach. So your acid stomach does what? It burns. It causes gastric reflux. It causes heartburn. It causes ulcers. So we want to make sure that all the bile, whether it's coming from the liver or gallbladder, is alkaline in nature, that it's balanced. So if you don't have a gallbladder, does that mean that you can work on the liver to keep it alkalinized and healthy so that the bile that is produced can keep going into the stomach and into the small intestine to keep those areas functioning properly? Yes, you can. You may need additional help and support with extra lipase enzymes, which we're going to talk about, to keep it balanced in the digestive tract. You want to make sure that the bile is alkalinized, both in the liver and gallbladder. But why did the gallbladder create stones? How did it get diseased? Now, I want to keep this as simple and processed that I can. Two things are really big on my radar when an individual has told me they had their gallbladder removed. It usually means that the individual probably has some form of chronic or intermittent constipation or that they have dehydration. They don't get enough water. But mix that with not enough water, not enough electrolytes, and definitely not enough minerals, which we don't normally get in our diet. If you have constipation or slow-moving colon transition, you have to make sure that you identify, even if you're going to the bathroom every day, I always checked my patients for functional constipation when they had their gallbladder removed. So I use a supplement called Takesumi, Takesumi, which is black and charcoal, or you can use charcoal, activated charcoal. And I'd ask a patient to take maybe two capsules of activated charcoal and then look and see when their bowel movements express this dark black um, fecal matter and see how long it took from the time you took the capsules to the time you actually had the bowel movement that showed the black fecal matter. 
Now, if it happened within 24 hours, then that could be looked at as normal transition time. But if it takes more than 36 hours, a day and a half, for that blackened fecal matter to come out in a bowel movement, then you know that you have some form of functional constipation. Because if you had bowel movements between the time you took the capsule until the time you saw it in your poop, and you had other bowel movements, it means that things are moving along, but they're not moving in a very good sequential manner within your bowels. So if you have constipation, I determine that how long is the transit time. The reason it's important is because bile is, remember, pushed into your digestive system to break down the lipids. And bile is also recirculated. So it goes down into the small intestine and to the large intestine. And that bile is used over and over again. It's actually reabsorbed. Remember, 90% of what goes into your large intestine from the small intestine is reabsorbed. And it goes back into hepatic recirculation. Bile goes back to be reused by the liver. Now, when the bile gets down into the large intestine areas, one thing we want to make sure if with slow transit, the bile can break down into carcinogenic type material. So this is not to sound scary. What I'm saying is, you have to make sure that your constipation is gone. Furthermore, you don't want inflammation in the colon creating any type of carcinogenic particles, but you want to make sure also that the signaling mechanism of the, of the large intestine and even the small intestine is keeping the liver healthy. So we want to determine the transition time. We want to work on constipation. If your small intestine and your large intestine start to realize that there's an imbalance in the bile. It will produce a hormone called lithocholate. And the lithocholate is a breakdown substance of bile. So if there is higher amounts of lithocholate in the, in the system, it will actually signal back to the liver to stop making excess bile. So there's a signaling mechanism. It's telling the liver to stop making bile. But remember, the bile is heavily made of cholesterol. This is all from constipation, guys. Because remember, you have a backup. You're not moving. The bile is not getting recirculated properly because the colon can be imbalanced or injured. So if it sends the signal back up to the liver and the liver stops making bile it's still producing cholesterol. So lots of your cholesterol should be made into bile, but now it can't be made into bile because your body says, hold on, I've got too much bile down here in this area of the colon. So the cholesterol starts to build and it will start to drop into the gallbladder without being made into proper bile. And this will basically overrun the whole system and lead to gallstones, hardened cholesterol particles. So constipation is directly related to how much cholesterol is being made that shows in the presence of gallstones. So if you have gallstones and had it removed and your cholesterol was higher, it's because there's a slow transit within the digestive system, within the colon. So I always recommend patients start with magnesium citrate or even magnesium citrumate. That's one thing that I think that you should really utilize and check into. Now, I'm not saying take magnesium to the point where you have diarrhea, but at times if you're so backed up, magnesium helps with the peristalsis, the muscle movement within the colon. 
I also recommend fulvic or humic minerals. There are certain brands that are out there. I like Mother Earth Labs because it's a really clean product. Mother Earth Labs is a great product. There's also Restore. Restore is a great liquid humic fulvic mineral. And there is also Ion Gut Repair. And Ion Gut Repair are liquids that basically can feed minerals into that digestive lining to actually help you have better bowel movements. But I want you to see the importance. If you have constipation, some individuals will think, oh, it's constipation. I just need to have more bowel movements. But it is very serious if you've had your gallbladder removed. Remember, magnesium, citrate or citrate, or fulvic or humic minerals to help with the overall movement. Some individuals also use psyllium husks, refined ground-up psyllium husk, to actually put, go into the colon to help scrape the walls of fecal matter to push the bile along. Because if you have psyllium seed husks, the fibers that you normally get from that, or say a high-fiber diet, fiber is often combined with excess bile so that it actually can turn into poop. That's why they say fibers are good for your colon health. Remember, if you've had stagnation, the bile has built up, breaks down to lithocholate. Lithocholate goes back to the liver, says, stop making bile, I have too much. And then the cholesterol starts to raise, and then it starts to drop down into the gallbladder, and you get gallstones. Does that make sense? So you have fiber from psyllium husks, and that's P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M, or a good fiber source. And it's supposed to c combine with the bile. Now, you can use that in combination with magnesium if you have proper ratios. And you always want to make sure that your bowel movements are nice and firm, that they look like bananas, as they would say. If your bowel movements, if your poop are dried up rocks, there is definitely an indication that the gallbladder was an issue because you had it removed. But it also tells me that the liver health the bile is in an imbalanced state. That means also that cholesterol is too high in your system because it can create gallstones. It can create liver stones. It can actually feed into the stomach where you have all these small hardened pebbles for poop. So please check these things out. I want you to look into these minerals. I want you to look into psyllium. And another one that I really like is called mimosa pudica. Now, mimosa pudica is an herb that basically congeals and acts like Velcro. It'll expand. Some individuals use it heavy for parasites, and parasites um, will come out because this mimosa pudica literally sticks to the walls of the parasites and actually suffocates them. And so you have this mimosa pudica that's basically suffocating the parasites, passing them out, and sometimes you have mucus strings. It's not always parasites that's coming out when you take mimosa pudica supreme, but you'll actually have huge amounts of mucus lining being stripped away from the lining of the colon because there's so much bile in there, there's so many cysts, there's so many uh, debris, decaying debris, mimosa pudica, it helps. So usually I say start slow with your supplementation to see how it helps. I have a general rule. If you had magnesium, if you have fulvic minerals, whether it's liquid or pill form, you start with one serving or one a day, even one capsule, and then you wait a day. And you do it every other day. And if you do that for a whole week and you find out that you're not having excess bloating or gas or cramps or distress in your body, if your sleep's staying pretty normal, it's not getting out of whack, then you'd want to say, okay, let's do every day. And then if one week goes by after doing it once a day, you can increase to two a day. But remember the general rules. Your poop should be improving 
Your sleep should be very sound and improving as well. And your energy levels should get better or sustained. Those are my rules. Write those down. So you're taking these minerals, these supplements, like even with the mimosa pudica, you don't want any distress. You start seeing if the bowel movements increase. I can almost guarantee you, when you do that and combine that with low sugar diet, you will start to see cholesterol levels balance out, even with the absence of a gallbladder. Those are the things I always suggest to my patients when they have cholesterol levels. Knock out the sugar, the refined sugars, and get your body out of constipation. That's how important it is. When I check in Chinese medicine, the gallbladder reflex points, the liver reflex points, check this out. There's one point below the, the chest where the chest meets the ribs, right below the nipple line. It's called liver 14. And liver 14 is connected to liver 13, which is down on the ribs. Now, these two points, guys, are liver 14's liver, liver 13's controlling where the gallbladder was. But we're talking about the psychological connection. It's like phantom limb. If you had your gallbladder removed, your brain still can act as though the gallbladder's there. I want you, with the supplementation, with, your, um, with the magnesium, with the minerals, is to rub those points out I just talked to you about for one minute a day. Just one minute. Don't hurt yourself. But you want to rub this area out and this whole area right here, one minute a day on each side. This will start to give encouraging strength to the liver and the gallbladder. Remember, we're trying to keep the liver in alkalinity basic. So when it puts anything into your stomach or your intestines, it'll feel nice and be pH balanced. So you won't have any heartburn or gastric reflux. So then we take these two points right here, liver 13 and 14, and I want to show you guys a great book that people ask me about. I'm not getting anything back from this. Um, the Institute is not promoting it, but I'm just saying this book called Acupressure Made Simple by Deborah Bleeker, and it is a great, great book because it goes through and gives you basic acupuncture points that you can press and work on. I give this to my patients. They do great on it because they learn how to heal themselves. So please look at this book and look at digestion. Look at the gallbladder section and start to utilize these points. Anything that helps with the liver or gallbladder, start to press those points. You don't want to overstimulate. One minute a day is good. If you feel pretty good on that, and after about a week or so, you can go to two times a day, you can try that. But I will say liver 13 and 14, and also add in liver 3, which is down here near the toe. And then if you start to get those areas in balance, if you start to notice that the points start to get out of pain, then we want to go to where the gallbladder points were. So remember, liver 13 is working on gallbladder, that one point. But also, guys, throw in gallbladder 2. Gallbladder 2 is right here at the, T, the TMJ, right there on the ear. Do you ever get tight jaws? Do you ever get where you can't open your mouth when you get stressed? You're like, you feel like I can't get my mouth open wide enough to even eat my meal. That's a direct correlation to the gallbladder. When you start to work on these points, you're going to start noticing that your TMJ is going to get better. So you're going to go in here and rub those points out. And you need to do that every day as well. So you combine that with the supplementation and you're going to start noticing that your bowel movements will stay normal. You'll have healthier bowel movements. Your sleep will get better. 
The sleep patterns, remember we talked about 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. is where the liver is getting a lot of electricity. The times prior of that, the two hours before that, the 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. are basically the times that the gallbladder was supposed to get energy. Let's say you couldn't get to sleep or that you would wake up around 11 or 12. That means the electrical patterns in your body were feeding the gallbladder, trying to energize it when constipation was present or when there was too much stress and it, did not, it was not able to actually help balance the gallbladder. The gallbladder was getting prepared, energized, to help receive the bile of the liver. So 11, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. and then 1 a.m. to 3, 3 a.m. are the times of the gallbladder and liver. So you should definitely see your, your um, strength in your sleep increase. Sound sleep. So you have these mechanisms. One other supplement I think you should really check into, or two more, if you find that the points stay tender, they're not going away, you may want to add in Shisandra Supreme, Shisandra Berry, S-C-H-I-S-A-N-D-R-A, Shisandra Berry, or Bodyguard Supreme, which is Philanthus Herb, Bodyguard Supreme. Now, there's a link in my bio on Instagram. Not trying to plug it. Guys, you can go to their website, supremenutritionproducts.com. Check these two out. Use the same rules I described about taking one a day or one every other day. Use the same format. But Bodyguard helps with kidney stones, gallbladder stones, and liver stones. It's called Stone Breaker. It's an herb that helps actually break, break open the stones to actually help you nourish your body and get all that old debris out. The Shisandra is a natural glutathione producer, one of the heaviest antioxidants in your body. And your liver has to do what? It has to produce it. So Shisandra and Bodyguard Supreme help do what? It helps increase the function of the liver. So if you keep the liver healthy by having more glutathione from Shisandra and breaking up old debris and mucus and stones that are in the liver, then you'll start to see that your liver can function in the absence of the gallbladder and actually help with digesting the food. Well, along with that, guys, we talked about these, but let's not forget one of the biggest things you need to consider is lipase. Lipase is an enzyme, L-I-P-A-S-E. I take lipase. I still have a gallbladder, but my family line, my mom, my dad, especially my dad's line, has gallbladder issues. Do you have a, gall, a gallbladder family? Do you have a grandfather, a mother, an aunt, an uncle? Oh, they've all had their gallbladder removed. Yes, they could have raised in the same environment, ate the same foods, but genetically, guys, this can pass down through the genetic line, not only in the DNA strands, but the energetic DNA strands. I recommend this and the lipase because if you, especially if you're going to eat a heavy fatty meal, if you're going to eat lots of bacon, if you're going to eat a lot of avocados, if you're going to eat something that has oil dripping off of it, you need to take a lipase right before the meal. The lipase will prepare the stomach for that, that meal, for that, those lipids, so you can break it down and then distribute it through your blood. So can these supplements, can these herbs help? Yes, I've seen patients do very well. Do you have to stay on them forever? No. But I would say a healthy ratio of these may be needed for your life, considering if you've had really heavy gallbladder disease in that area. And we really got to keep the liver functioning properly. When we talked about how genetic lines pass down information through the DNA strands, remember DNA is also electrical in nature. It has small crystals called piezoelectric crystals, and they do what? They pass down information in the, in the form of light, 
and vibration, like fiber optics, there is a definite connection between the brain and the gallbladder where it was. I can't go into the neurology of it, but for this deep dive, I want to make it simple and clean. Your gallbladder in the emotional realm is related to emotions of resentment and frustration, being overwhelmed, and getting your territory invaded. Especially if you live a life where you're doing so much for people that they want to get a piece of you, if they want your time, if they want your work, if they want your presence. And if you feel invaded by that and they, you feel like they've taken it away, your territory was invaded. You weren't able to control your life. And that can be correlated to the health of the gallbladder. So it's a defense mechanism saying, no, this is my time. This is my territory. But let's say you're giving it to work and the work is not feeding your soul. And you're giving all this time away. You're feeling like my space is invaded and I'm not getting nourished. This is how it works in biology. Your body then goes into fight or flight or into a nervous response. Your vagus nerve that keeps you calm in the parasympathetic realm turns into sympathetic. Fight or flight, I'm always rushing. When that occurs, your body does what? It needs more energy. So more energy is needed to actually run or fight a problem, to handle a problem. And your body requires more nutrients, more fats, more starches, more carbs, more proteins. And what happens in the body is that the stomach, the spleen, the pancreas, and the gallbladder are all intertwined in the same germ cell layer when you develop as an embryo. What happens to one happens to the other because they are the same cell types and they resonate at the same frequencies or very, very offset just by a little, but they basically are connected through the frequency and electrical system. So as this varies and your body wants more nutrients, your brain is saying, hey, gallbladder, let's produce more bile. And let's get ready because we need more food. You'll get hungrier. You'll want different types of foods. And so your gallbladder will actually build up more tissue in preparation to handle more food so you can actually have the energy to go fight a problem. So you actually have proliferation. You'll actually have gallbladder. The gallbladder will actually try to build up strength to actually help bring more energy. This happens pretty well as you handle your problems. But let's say that it gets to a point where your body gets so tired that the gallbladder's energy gets depleted and the energy of the gallbladder goes down and it can't meet the demand anymore. Then the body will do what? The body will actually has to break down some of that excess buildup of tissue. And in some forms of German, new German medicine, and even in Chinese medicine, they talk about how the body will allow certain infections to actually get into the gallbladder to actually break down the excess tissue, such as fungus, mold, certain types of bacteria, bacteria, and even viruses. So yes, excess toxins from excess infections are not great, but there may be a symbiosis relationship where the body is trying to get this excess tissue in the gallbladder to break down because you've been so worn out from being overwhelmed. So when your body goes into exhaustive phase, the body goes, I have to get rid of this excess tissue. And this whole cascade of weak gallbladder Weak digestion, constipation is definitely directly linked to fight or flight in your life. The link that you're always on the go, I have to meet a demand, I'm overwhelmed, is signaling to your digestive system to basically try to keep up, but after a while it starts to break down. 
I could go furthermore, guys, into fight or flight in the digestive system. But I want you to know that an upper digestive system is so correspondent to how stressed you are that if you are in a vagus nerve dysfunction, if you are an overload in your life, it will signal to that gallbladder to work harder, work harder, work harder. In fact, the temporal lobe is where the, the area of the brain, the right temporal lobe, is connected to the gallbladder. And where does a lot of your anxiety form? In your temporal lobes. There is direct correlation about your brain function, your vagal nerve tone, and gallbladder function. Could this have caused the gallbladder to basically slow down and become so thick and congealed that stones started to flow because then you were constipated from all the fight or flight? It's a perfect storm. And the answer is yes. But that's not to be discouraging. Can what we just talked about actually help clean this up? Yes. But there's also a couple things I want you to check into at home that you need to consider. I really believe that you should try to do acupressure on yourself, please. I mean that. Learn these points and become an expert at it. You may think, oh, it's not going to help me that much. It's just pressing a few points. No. I do this every day in my office. And I'm telling you, this, the functionality within the organs can be very much balanced by acupressure points. Then, EFT, emofree.com, emotional freedom technique. Learn to use beginning and ending points in acupuncture by tapping them or rubbing them out. And if you learn that, you're going to connect all the circuitry within the body. It's a highway of energy. You're trying to, basically, when you do a tapping point, you're trying to open up the basic connecting points between each highway of energy, each meridian, each organ. And when you're doing that, the EFT tapping, ask yourself, why am I overwhelmed? Why am I frustrated? Has somebody taken away the territory of my life? And another one that I really like is DNRS. It's a neurological technique that helps with desensitization, DNRS. And you can look that up on their website, but there is testimonies even from my patients. I don't practice it, but EFT, DNRS, and acupressure are things you can do at home. If you want to go further, you can get acupuncture by a practitioner or even try neurofeedback, lens therapy, L-E-N-S, lens therapy. When you try these things at home and you do these things, remember, you don't have to do them every single day, all hours of the day. But I recommend you start with one time a day doing the tapping from the technique or doing the acupressure. I would do it all. If the DNRS, they may give you a guideline about how many times a day or how many times a week. Remember, when you start to connect your physical body to your brain, you're trying to open up the psychological connection. Now you say, well, I don't have a gallbladder. Your brain can still have the pattern of the programming that the gallbladder is still there. And if it remembers that the gallbladder was sick, or if that you have genetic information from your past, from your parents, or you were raised in a resentful home or an angry home, or basically you have somebody taking away your, your, right, your rights or your territory, that is still stuck in the brain. It will, your body will respond as though the gallbladder is still there with the same symptomatology that you've had before. That's why people who get their gallbladder removed often say, it didn't help. I still feel the same. So guys, this is to be encouraged. But if you try these small techniques, I'm telling you, it will help you. I know 80, 90%. And the rest of it, you may need some outside help. Maybe go to a good acupuncturist or a good applied kinesiologist. Find a practitioner that could help you over the hump. But I'm telling you, if you do these simple steps, you'll see great improvement. And one thing that's coming to mind before I forget, fulvic and humic minerals, humic, H-U-M-I-C, are good. They're great. 
but you may want to use bile salts as well. Ox bile is a form of bile salts that's in your digestive system to actually help you with what? Digest fats. So you can use all of these protocols, but you don't have to use every single supplement. You have to find the ones that resonate and gravitate for you. So if you guys want any extra information, please visit the Ancient Health Podcast or the Ancient Health website. Throw us some messages on there to say we want more information about this and another video and another podcast. Um, I do um, answer some questions on my website too. You can look at drmotley.com, all spelled out, drmotley.com. And I often try to answer questions online on Instagram. I often try to do things within videos to help answer any of your digestive system or overall health questions. So uh, send me those, DM me, or uh, just hit me up on Instagram, and I can see if I can put those in a nice ledger to help you out in any possible way. But here at the uh, Health Institute, we really want to make sure that it's uh, easy to understand and simplistic. So without taking you further along down this rabbit trail... I just want to tell you guys, I appreciate you guys listening today. I want you to know that you can live happy, healthy life without a gallbladder. I hope this helps. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.